Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey's here. And boy, Casey, do we have some breaking news and a big old announcement. Mm-hmm. Now, you may recall, Casey, yesterday, late last night, I guess it was this morning, I guess it was today, in fact, the Indiana General Assembly flipped one final middle finger to the people of the state of Indiana, <laughs> and they got the heck out of Dodge. Isn't it weird that they do that after midnight when boy, everyone's sleeping? That's uh, In not, the darkness of night. Just, uh, boy, some really upstanding characters and you know i maintain the only chance we've got uh, to fix the state is to throw all of these bums out and let's start getting rid of these republicans left and right and one guy who would like to do that in 2024 is a good friend donald rainwater he joins us now on the drive hubler.com hotline rainwater before we get to your big announcement nothing says transparency like ending the legislative session at about two in the morning well, well, you know, there's an old, old song that has a line that says, there's got to be a morning after. <laughs> and uh, we certainly do look at what uh, the Indiana General Assembly and, and Governor Holcomb are patting themselves on the back for uh, once they get out of bed today. Uh, and uh, we say, boy, that. They are living in a completely different Indiana than we are. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's let's start with that. I know we'll get to your big announcement here, un momento, because this all ties in together. But let's start with the fact that at the last minute, they decide, they being the General Assembly, they're going to give the governor and all these statewide elected people, the attorney general, the lieutenant governor, the treasurer, the, the secretary of state, the auditor, these massive raises. That is just so insulting to the people of Indiana. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. It's not only insulting, but it's dismissive. You know, um, Rob and Casey, we have thousands of Hoosiers right now who were told that they were in recession-proof careers, and they've been laid off in the past six months, most of them by large corporations that uh, the governor and the Indiana Economic Development Corporation gave huge tax breaks to, Uh, in order to bring jobs to Indiana. And as soon as those tax breaks are close to uh, expiring, uh, all these folks get laid off. Property taxes are skyrocketing. Gas prices continue to be high. Hoosiers have to choose between groceries, gasoline, and clothes for their kids. Um, And, you know, and we can go on and on. Our government education system is inexorably failing. We've ignored the fundamentals of education to focus on our, our social indoctrination. And, and Hoosiers who've gone to the government, the state government, for promised government services are waiting months and months while they suffer without assistance that the government promised them and have regulated our charitable organizations so that they can't provide. And so our state government is creating dependency and then not delivering. We've got small businesses. Uh, The owners of these small businesses, these Hoosiers, are having to close their doors because of staffing and supply chain shortages with no real end in sight to either of those things. And 
the government, the state government, doesn't address that. Uh, they they worry about uh, making sure that they and their benefactors, their donors, uh, get a huge uh, budget increase uh, over the next two years. Uh, this will be the first time that our biennial budget is over twenty billion dollars a year yeah for 44 and, billion uh, rainwater 44 yeah. billion dollars is the new biennial budget right and and the 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 average hoosier the majority of hoosiers We'll see no benefit from that whatsoever. Yeah, Donald Rainwater is our guest. You were the okay, so you were the 2020 Libertarian nominee for governor. You did phenomenal, 345,000 votes, something like 11 and a half percent of the vote. And you have said, "I had so much fun in 2020, and the state somehow has managed to be even more screwed up today than it was then." You're gonna try to do something about it. Well, you know, back in 2020, I used to frequently quote uh, President Reagan and say that uh, in this present crisis, government is not the solution to the problem. Government is the problem. I believe that we need better government in Indiana, not bigger government. And I believe that the three already uh, declared candidates, uh, Mike Braun, Suzanne Crouch, and Eric Doden, represent Eric Holcomb 2.0. And so with that being said, I have decided that I will, in fact, seek the Libertarian Party nomination for governor in 2024. Yeah! Which means, yes, sir, I'm back. Uh, as uh, uh, Keanu Reeves uh, said in one of his recent movies, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so let's talk about what you did in 2020. And you had a real movement of people, many of them conservative and liberty-minded people who said, this is it for me with the Republican Party. They walked away. I maintain there was probably 10% of the populace or more who knew what the right thing to do was, got in the voting booth and said, yeah, but I just can't have a Democrat in there, and ultimately, out of fear, voted for the Republican. How do you get those people? Let's say you keep the people you got the last time, which I think you have a good shot to do. How do you get those those people who get in the get in the polling booth they know what what's going on they know how the republicans have failed but they just go well but i can't have a democrat how do you win those votes this time around well i i think first of all rob we have to look at the fact that we got a really late start in 2020 there were a lot of factors uh not just the pandemic but but other factors were where we really got a late start in getting our message out I had a lot of voters come to me after the debates and said, you know, we early voted and didn't know anything about you. And we watched the debates and wish we could take our vote back and give it to you. We believe we should have voted for you. And so I think that puts a tremendous amount of responsibility on me and, and my campaign team to get out of the gate early, which is why we're making this announcement today, now that the General Assembly is done, uh, giving uh, the elite establishment uh, and their donors uh, their $5.5 billion 
uh, budget increase and then patting themselves on the back for it, uh, it's time to get to work. And so we're going to get to work now. And we're going to raise money now. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go out and we're going to get that message out to all four corners of the state of Indiana and everywhere in between. Donald Rainwater is our guest. He has announced he is running once again for governor in 2024. Big announcement today. You'll seek the Libertarian nomination. Casey. What is going to be the campaign message? What is the brand? What are we going to hear over and over again? Well, I think, Casey, what you're going to hear is we need better government, not bigger government. If you look at the, the, the budget that was just passed, it's big government. It's bigger government. It's more spending. It's more spending because they found out they were going to uh, get $1.5 billion more than they had projected. And so they decided, hey, if we're going to get that money, we're going to spend it. We're not going to give it back to the people who earned it. We're going to spend it. That's big government. Hoosiers don't need big government. You don't fix what's wrong with Indiana's economy by passing big government budgets, bloating your, your government agencies with more money, and then pointing at the federal government run by Democrats and saying, look at the big government that yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's got to stop. And so our message is better government, not bigger government. Okay, so the three that you mentioned, Doden, Braun, and Silent Suzanne, uh, they are saying absolutely nothing about the property tax issue. I maintain that as a slam dunk home run, and the person who can effectively articulate how you're going to fix that issue has a major leg up. They don't seem to care at all. I assume, because I know you very well, and I know that's a dangerous thing to do, but you, Donald Rainwater, in this campaign are going to make property taxes a central theme. Yes, property taxes, uh, we need to, first and foremost, uh, get a true 1% cap that is 1% of the purchase price of residential property. And something that I want to remind people of, this is not just a problem for homeowners. Renters have to absorb the property taxes that are paid by the people who own the properties that they rent. And so renters and homeowners are adversely affected by these uh, ballooning assessments, and and it needs to stop. We give huge tax breaks to large out-of-state corporations, and we won't even give a reasonable tax break to the citizens of the state of Indiana. That's wrong, and we're going to fix it. All right, before we let you go, we'll have you back. We'll do a deep dive as we get going here on the campaign. We'll probably have you in for an hour at some point, and we'll just talk about all these issues and uh, how the Republicans are failing and all those sort of things. But for now, if people like what they heard today, if they're sick of the property taxes and the gas taxes and all the taxes and the bloated government, uh, how can they learn more about what you plan to do? Well, you can go to rainwaterforindiana.com or Rainwater for Indiana on Facebook. Uh, And uh, later today, you will find a donate button. 
on rainwaterforindiana.com. And, and I will tell you, uh, the way that we make change in Indiana is to be able to stand toe-to-toe with the uh, establishment candidates. And so in order to do that, we need your money. We need your donations. We need your financial support. So please donate early and often to Don- Rainwater for Indiana. Donald Rainwater, he's running again. He made the big announcement right here. I like it. It's nice to have someone to cheer for. Let's go, Don. <laughs> uh, Donald Rainwater, we appreciate you, man. Thank you, my friend. Oh, we appreciate you as well. Thank you so much for having us. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. So Donald Trump had his first campaign event since President Biden officially entered the 24 election race. And, well, Trump was on a roll. He said that the re-election of Biden would lead to conflict and anarchy. Oh. Yes. He also... uh, took quite a few shots at Biden saying that the video that Biden released supposedly took seven takes to get it right. (laughs) He didn't like the video announcement much, but he did say that when he takes office and he gets back into the White House, he will obliterate the deep state. When I get back into the Oval Office, we will totally obliterate the deep state. We will... We will establish a Truth and Reconciliation Commission to declassify and publish all documents on deep state spying, censorship, and corruption. By the way, they spied on my campaign. They got caught. Can you imagine if we, let's take Barack Hussein Obama, let's say we spied on his campaign, you got caught. What do you think would happen? You think it would just be some stories? In only a few newspapers, because most of them don't even want to write it, they would have been. They would have brought back the electric chair. That's what they would have done. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Unequal justice. Okay, so my question to him would be: Number one, how are you going to do this? Yeah. I mean, is it going to be by fiat? Are you just going to issue executive orders? I mean, I guess that's the way everything kind of gets. You know, he never gives the details on how he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Is he going to clean house? He had that opportunity before, and he did not. So this time, if he were to get back in there, is that what he's going to do? Well, that's the question. You were president for four years. You ran on draining the swamp. And yet here we are, all these years later. (laughs) Swamp creatures still lurking about. You're still talking about if you let me in there, then I will. Why didn't you do it last time? You think he needs a new message? Besides draining the swamp? I think he needs a new everything. Yeah. I think his name is a very powerful thing. But I think, <clears throat> Casey, you have uh, you have been a part of a very successful relationship in your private life. So you will know that part of 
if mistakes are made, personal growth <laughs> is a big part of winning the hearts and minds of people who may have had an issue with you. And in the case of Donald Trump, there just appears to be no growth. He's doing the same campaign. Yes, it beat Hillary Clinton, but one, that's because it was new and totally different. And two, he was running against the worst person maybe ever to have a major party nomination for president. It didn't work the last time. And it's just the same stuff. It's just the same stuff. And I'm not sure who that actually excites outside of the actual base of Donald Trump voters. Okay, well, he is leading in a lot of the polls. Now, granted, <laughs> Ron DeSantis hasn't announced yet. But there is the thinking, hey, if it worked before, it'll work again. But it did. It, it, other than when he ran against the worst person to ever have a major party nomination for president, it didn't work. It, it, it It's exhausting. He would be, well, one, he would have been so much better off if he'd just gone away for two years. If he had disappeared and then say in, and I'm saying not been doing rallies, not endorsing candidates, not claiming victory for Greg Pence and Jim Banks getting their nominations when they're running unopposed, or and then in the fall running against Democrats that have absolutely no chance to win. If he'd have disappeared and then popped up in, say, let the midterm play out, the Republicans probably would have done better and then just said, look, we cannot sustain four more years of Biden. I recognize mistakes that I made the last time. I love this country more than I could ever accept. I have heard you. We will stick to business. We will bring this country back. Let's go. Mm -hmm. That is probably endearing, or at least has an opportunity to endear yourself to the people whose vote you need to win back this time. Instead, it's just, he never went away. It's always, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's tiring. Yeah, Americans are very forgiving people if you're just honest with them. He says the choice in this election is now between strength and weakness, between success or failure, between safety or anarchy, between peace or conflict, and prosperity or catastrophe. Well, we're already experiencing the catastrophe. But... I'll go back to he thinks it worked before, it's going to work again, all the way up to reusing the same nicknames. He called Hillary Crooked Hillary before. Yeah. Now he's given that moniker to someone else. Yeah, let's play this. This is weak. On Tuesday, Joe Biden officially announced that he will seek four more disastrous years in the world. As you know, I've done very well against crooked Hillary Clinton. But today I'm going to do this, and I think this could be maybe the most important part of what I'm going to say, because this is going to be a major announcement. Are you ready? Is everybody ready? I will be retiring the name crooked from Hillary Clinton and her moniker. And I'm going to give her a new name, I don't know, like maybe Lovely Hillary or Beautiful Hillary. But I'm going to retire the name Crooked so that we can use the name for Joe Biden because he'll be known from now on as Crooked Joe Biden. Okay. You know what Trump is becoming? You remember Ernest? <laughs> remember the Ernest movies? Yes. For those of you who may not be familiar, a guy named Jim Varney. <laughs> 
played this character. He originally started as he was it was advertisements. He did like Mellow Yellow and Taco John commercials in the 80s. And he played this kind of lovable goofball named Ernest. And the catchphrase was know what I mean. And somebody saw that, I believe it was at Walt Disney, because these commercials were playing all over the country, and said, this guy would be phenomenal for a movie for kids. And they made multiple Ernest movies, and the first couple, it was like, Ernest Goes to Camp, Mm -hmm. and Ernest Saves Christmas, were like literal box office hits. Like, they made money. And then by like the third or fourth Ernest movie, it's the same guys like the exact same guys are in basically every movie he dresses the same it's the same everything other than now it's Ernest scared stupid and it's Halloween instead of Christmas (laughs) and eventually people just became bored and exhausted with it because there's nothing different about it. it you're just milking it to make money that's it he they're not it's Ernest they're not even putting effort anymore Trump's not even trying anymore he's just stealing a name from somebody and giving it to someone else right. it's not even a new nickname he's Ernest it's a rehash he might nickname. as well go out there and just say know what I mean Vern <laughs> it's crooked Biden know what I mean Vern <laughs> but to his point people do know what he means it's <laughs> just what a, it's so lazy. He does have a sizable lead, according to Reuters, over anybody else, including Ron DeSantis, 49 to 23 percent. That's where he's at right now. My favorite earnest thing ever. What? You wh- ha- wait a minute. You have a favorite? Oh, I love I loved the earnest movies. But again, they appealed to me because I was five. Right. In one of the episodes, they go into his closet. And every outfit he has is is exactly the same. And I'm totally convinced they did that as laughing at the audience going, every every one of these episodes, every one of these movies is exactly the same. It's a low budget. Do you get this joke (laughs) we're making? Okay, we've got uh, your voicemails coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 1035, it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's that portion of the program where we turn these very powerful airwaves right over to you. It is your platform with your voicemail. Yes, amongst all the things that the Republicans did in the dead of night last night, quite transparent when you're voting on things at 2 a.m. that people have had seven seconds to read, surely... (laughs) That really should scare the hell out of everyone, right? That these guys, and I've been telling you this for years on this show because of my personal experience when I was over there. And you know, Casey, above all else, how I hate being right. I know. It just bothers you so. But it's just so great. One of the real blessings about this job is I get to tell people the things that I saw on a daily basis, and I have such a platform to do it now. I mean, I remember sitting there just seething at these people, how lazy they were, how uninquisitive they were, about how generally stupid they were, and how they didn't read stuff, and just thinking, there's going to come a day where I'm going to have a platform to tell people about what I saw, and I never dreamed it'd be here. Welcome to someday. Um, This is it. And last night, you saw these guys, girls, vote on things that they clearly had no idea what they were voting on any time to digest the impact. They were just told by Rod and Todd, the Flanders brothers, 
Rod uh, Bray and Todd Houston, the Speaker of the House and pro tem of the Senate, here's what you will do. Yes, sir. Thank you. May I have another? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they did towards the very end was they finally got back to property taxes. They took that Thompson bill, which was a total joke. They revived that from the grave, completely watered it down to the point where even Cherish Pryor, the Democrat, this is how pathetic the Republicans are on taxes now. The Democrats are going, uh, dude, not nearly enough. Mm -hmm. And they voted on it. And they said, so now they'll go, well, we did something. Right. Well, that's it exactly. It's not doing anything, but it's symbolic. We they, did something. They'll be able to post in a mail, in a taxpayer-funded mailer or whatever, how they helped you with property taxes. And now Jim Lucas can tell you he had a plan. They had a plan. <laughs> we conceived it at two a.m. Mm-hmm. the last night of session, but we had a plan in the ninth hour. And how about Mike Young? Just pack it up and yeah. leaving. Yes, he is a senator from uh, Plainfield. Uh, Speedway area. He has been there forever. He left the caucus during the abortion debate last year, and it sounds like he may have left the government last night. He got, that's how frustrating this was for some people who have some principles. And I've had issues with Mike Young over the years, but he has been, the last year, a very principled person on... He knows what the Republicans are, and he's had his he's had he's done with it. And last night, according to Nick Kelly, he basically just walked off. I mean, he said, "I've only read like a hundred pages of this budget, mm-hmm. and I guarantee the overwhelming majority never even made it to where he made it to." So, I uh, got some calls. That was what happened last night. Uh, you got no help. They'll claim they did something, but they did nothing on property taxes. And some more calls about people feeling the pain on that. Hello, my friend of the show. I just wanted to talk about the property taxes and it's not only the homeowners that are dealing have to deal with it, it's also the those who rent apartments because my rent just went up $200 this year and my landlord admitted it was because of the property tax of the, of the apartment complex. So just want to mention that it's not only the homeowners, it's also the apartment renters have to pay for that. Yeah, absolutely. So think about this, Casey. $200 a month, so that's $2,400 a year that guy's property tax uh, rent mm-hmm. went up. Yeah. And if you're renting, you're on the hook for double because property taxes on rental facilities are 2% cap, phony cap, versus 1% phony cap on homes. And you're not getting any equity from that. And, and, and again, we come back to, what did the Republicans do at the end of the session? They told us last year... We'd love to help you with that record surplus we have, but gosh darn it, we've got to pay off that pre-96 teacher pension debt. And uh, yeah, you guys make some good points about how you're getting screwed, but hey, the fiscally responsible thing to do is all that money goes to the teacher pension debt. And as Jeff Thompson told me, hey, once we're done with that, then it'll just open it up for everything. And then we'll work on everything else. We'll be cutting taxes like it's going out of style. Okay, I very much disagree with that, but fine. You're paying off debt. There is some sort of bizarro argument to be made to screw me to pay off debt that other people accumulated. Fine. Well, last night in the dead of night, Mm -hmm. at the end of session, because again, these Republicans... Don't read anything. They don't comprehend anything. They don't ask any questions. They don't do any digging. At the very end, they realized, oh, crap. This school funding formula we voted for is really screwed up. We should do something about it. Uh, Yeah, but we already allocated all the money. Okay, let's go behind closed doors and do our secret meeting where no one knows what we're talking about. And when they came out of the secret meeting, Casey, you know what they came up with? More money. 
But where did they get it from? <laughs> the pension fund. The pension fund that we were told was absolutely untouchable, and you peasants need to get almost no refund because we're doing this very important thing, which is paying off the debt obligation. Mm -hmm. They took $300 million in about 20 minutes. That's how wed they were to that stupid pension fund. In about 20 minutes, they took $300 million and they gave it to Plainfield and Martinsville and Goshen and Elkhart and their DEI, CRT, SEL, Manipulate Parents of Palooza. They gave it to Brownsburg. We all know what's going on over there. And, and they still don't know where it went. I guarantee you, once every one of those senators got their school district where they wanted their school district to be, fine, screw it, I'm a yes now. Yeah. These people are pathetic and they're sick uh we got another call somebody getting screwed on the uh the property taxes you're always talking about uh tax increases and stuff like that where i live they're raising my rent 335 dollars for a dinky one-bedroom apartment so uh i don't know whose fault that is if that's the republicans or or if it's uh you know the, the landlord just being greedy well, no, the landlord is – so what landlords do is they pass costs <laughs> on to tenants. Yeah. And in the case of this, you're seeing – so, I mean, Casey, you have a cellular telephone there handy. Could you figure out what 335 times 12 is? So you've <laughs> got – he's pa he's passing along not only – what is that? Oh, that's $4,020. So that guy got a $4,020 tax increase for a one-bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. Think about that. And the other part of it is – because of the way insurance is calculated, the landlord is passing that on to you as well. So if they have told the landlord, the assessors told the landlord, hey, Mr. Uh, landlord, your building is now worth $50,000 more. Well, the insurance on that building also goes up and you pay that as well. Yeah. Uh, Homeowners, renters, and business owners, yeah, too. You're 100% correct. The tax bill statewide averaged 18% higher than last year. And you've got to remember with that, huge portions of the state, these rural areas that have seen declines in population saw no increase. So here in central Indiana, I bet that number for many people is close to 30 or 35% increase because that, that that's an average across the state. All the right. places with zero yeah. came from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, coming up next hour, Casey, Yeah. we're going to have Kristen Ferklick in with us because she is a Brownsburg resident who has been trying to get information on this uh, alleged egregious behavior. Keyword trying to get. She's been stonewalled. By the police. Yeah. The police department is refusing to give information on this alleged incident that happened at Brown Elementary in Brownsburg. We've all heard all about it, where the kid was allegedly forced to eat the vomit. Criminal charges have been filed. And she has been totally stonewalled by the police department. And then there's a twist to this, where now allegedly the school and the police are at least their attorneys are talking are working in cahoots together i mean it's unbelievable this interview that we're going to have coming up at 11 but uh, somebody called about what's going on with uh with brownsburg morning kimball in case this is michael bloomington the uh new san francisco of the midwest hey uh, you were talking about uh, the school superintendent and incompetent people on our school boards is there a good way or what is the easiest way for uh, these people to be gotten rid of? Or is, since they are uh, elected people, what is the process <clears throat> that uh, the people need to know and understand how to get rid of people that are competent and continue to do wrong? That's my comment for the day. Thanks. Well, we gave you the solution 
It was make the school board elections like every other election in the state of Indiana, which is people put a letter next to their name. We shouldn't treat the school board any different other than the surveyor or the coroner or the county councilman or the uh, assessor or the clerk treasurer or any other office. There's one office in Indiana where you don't declare a party. That is by design. That is the school board. And that allows radical left people who couldn't get elected dog catcher in Republican communities to be on these school boards and make these choices. The Republicans had an opportunity to do that. Becky Cash put forward a bill, state rep from Zionsville, that would do that. And they crushed the bill. Republicans, the, I mean, again, they threw $300 million in twenty the final 20 minutes of session at these public schools. Republicans are in on the CRT, SEL, and DEI in Indiana. They're totally in on it. There's no reason you would give these people, knowing what they saw. More money. More money. Keep on keeping on. Billions. We're talking, whatever, something, it'll be like something like $2.5 billion in new money for public education. The only way to get rid of these people, because the only way to be removed is convicted of a felony or resignation in the state of Indiana, is to get them out of office. And I'm sorry, it is too baked in now that these people can uh, hide in the shadows of what they are, because they don't have to declare a party affiliation. Yeah, the school board officials are elected. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Hammer's coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Forty-nine with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We would pick him in the first round. No oh, questions. Hammer joins you. us in the studio. Thank you so much. See, I love it when you're at work because I have actual conversations with adults. Sometimes when Rob's here, it's like having a kid here. <laughs> now, speaking of having kids at work, yeah. yesterday was Bring Your Child to Work Day. Oh. National Bring Your Child to Work Day. Uh, we couldn't do it on the Hammer and Nigel show. Our kids all have activities and so forth. But somebody was very excited about this. Joe Biden, your president of the United States, he was really excited for Bring Your oh. Child to Work Day yesterday. Hi, folks. President Joe Poopy Pants Biden. It was Bring Your Child to Work Day at the White House, and I've been looking forward to this day for months. As many of you know, there's nothing that I enjoy more than the full-bodied aroma of young children. So I prepared for the day. I pulled the old neti pot out and got my nasal cavity good and clear. The children arrived, and I went to town. Sniff, sniff, sniffy, sniffy, sniff, sniff. A few of the children cried. Oh, no. But I gave them each a butterscotch candy from my warm pocket, and they stopped sobbing. All right, I got to go. I just wanted you all to know that I'm still a creepy-ass bastard. Hey, Nigel, do you like popsicles? What about you? Do you like popsicles, fat? President Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen. I love the fat in there at the end. <laughs> he he calls his, me fat all the time. <laughs> he got his neti pot out. Hey, fat. Hey, uh, so you and I were texting throughout the uh, draft. Uh, as predicted, Nigel started in the text thread with us, but uh, didn't make it very long. But then, like, once he either passes out and wakes back up, he'll jump back in and bring up something that we talked about 30 minutes ago. 
It's just catching up. Right. Uh, <laughs> Wait, didn't the Colts take Will Levis? No, Nigel. That was two hours ago when he's still in the green room. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, uh, so the Levis slide was our entertainment throughout the uh, the evening. There's always one guy, usually a quarterback of some sort, who isn't picked by one of the teams in need in the beginning and then just goes down the draft. And I feel bad because in some way you're taking – you're getting some sort of joy in the disappointment of others. But let's face it, you're going to be a big-time athlete. You're going to put yourself in the green room. You're subjecting yourself to to the possible failure. It's television, right? And if you can play, it doesn't matter where you go, right? Like Tom Brady went late in the draft. Aaron Rodgers slid all the way down. If you can play, then go out there and prove it. But there's a lot of people that say there's some baggage with Will Levis, and they didn't want to scoop him up. Yeah, and my favorite thing about when the uh, the guy starts to slide, it's usually a quarterback, and it, the girlfriend is never some woman that looks like Rosie O'Donnell. No, 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 no. And, and this happened with Brady Quinn, yeah. where the girl girlfriend is like super supportive in the beginning and then after about fifth pick 15 disappears. the girlfriend just disappears from from the camera shot it's like i was thinking of hammer that uh, that uh, rocky movie with mr t <laughs> what's he say to rocky you think anthony richardson's looking over will levis's girlfriend hey woman hey woman i bet you stay up late every night dreaming about a real man why don't you come over to my apartment tonight and i'll show you a real man <laughs> Looking over Will Levis's agent. Shut up, old man. I ain't going nowhere. Were you surprised that the Colts didn't pick him over Anthony Richardson? Uh, man, I just... I think they probably made the right choice out of those two. I just... Other than Bryce Young, I don't love the quarterbacks in this draft. I hope I'm wrong, but like when you read the scouting report on Anthony Richardson... It's can't throw. <laughs> well, that's a problem if you're a quarterback. Yeah. Now, he's a brick you-know-what house, oh, he's man. He's a big like, boy. He looks like a cut defensive mm-hmm. end. He's like 6'3", 230, all muscle. I've watched him play at Florida because, again, I watched a ton of SEC. And he's a bruising runner, dominating runner, strong arm. But the scattering report is can't make those intermediate throws with accuracy. And, so, And there was an argument, too, and we talked about this earlier, that is Anthony Richardson this year going to be better than Gardner Minshew? I think the answer is no. And if that's the case, this team isn't going to be any better because they haven't added anything of merit. They've lost some stuff. And why wouldn't you just do like the Bears did? I can't believe we're going to say something nice about how the Bears are run. But <laughs> they were honest with their fan base. We stink this year. We're trading the players. We're getting picks. We're going to be awful. And we're rebuilding, and it has worked out pretty well for them so far. You have great quarterbacks coming out next year. Multiple guys they think are going to be really good. The USC kid and then uh, Drake May of North Carolina. Because you can't, even if he's there, you can't take him, can you, next year at one? Because you've already blown your, your pick on this guy. So I'm looking forward to tonight. Tonight, the Colts are sitting in the four spot. And there are two guys that I would like to see. Now, I'm being a total homer here. One of them is Tennessee's wide receiver, Jalen Hyatt. He was projected to be a first-round pick. He torched some really good defensive backs in the SEC. If you need a receiver, and the Colts do, I like that guy. Now, Rob, I don't think the Colts are going to go tight end. But Notre Dame's Michael Mayer yeah. is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good. Would be a great pick. Great and pick. That's a blocking tight end, which the Colts need definite help with. And I don't know if they're going tight end. You know, Kevin Bowen and everybody says it's either corner or wide receiver. But I wouldn't be mad at the Mayer kid at all. 
Yes. What if you're like Jalen and you're like, oh man, I don't want to go to Indiana. I don't want to go to the cold. He'll say that, then he'll see the, uh, the paycheck. paycheck. <laughs> hey, I love Indianapolis. Oh, what time does St. Elmo's right. open? Let's go. Hey, Can't I wanna, wait to come home. I want to give you a chance to promo what you're doing, what's coming up for you, but coming up next for us, because yeah. I'm sure we hit both of these. We've got uh, Kristen Furklick will be with us. She has been the lady who's been trying to get all of this information in regards to the incident at Brown Elementary in Brownsburg. Yeah, she's been trying to get some public record information from the Brownsburg Police Department. And unbelievably... She's a hustler, man. I see her on Twitter. Oh, she yeah, works hard. She's intense. And she has been totally stonewalled by the police department attorney. And now there's a new twist where he's allegedly the police department attorney, like in cahoots with somebody who is the, an attorney with the school, according to her. And it's unbelievable the total lack of transparency on this. And we talked about this the other day, Hammer, right before those the charges ultimately came out. The fact that you would be as untransparent as you can possibly be on this issue that potentially affects so many kids and parents, what are we doing in Brownsburg? What are we doing? What's coming up for you this afternoon, by the way? Well, uh, Tommy Piggott of RNC Research joins us. Uh, we also have Alex Barlow of... Breitbart. And if you're up to it, would you swing by and rip on the lawmakers? Rip on the lawmakers? <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thanks, Hammer.